Welcome to Catch the Fire London podcast. We hope as you listen to this message that you will encounter God's transforming presence. Why don't you just stretch out your hand to him right now? We're just going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the man that Timmy is, for the man of God who, who holds himself in position in awe and wonder of you. I thank you for the time that he has taken to delve into your word. That is a, is a place of his life, God, that it is not just a one moment, but his life is dedicated to you, to, to your feet, God. And so, Lord, we thank you for everything that you have imparted to him. And we just make ourselves ready, God, for that. We ask that we would have soft hearts to hear your your voice and your word and your truth within it. And that it will be um, not just a word that we hear, but a word that we become. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, saints of God. Catch the fire, London. Thank God for another wonderful day. Uh, the theme for today's and preach is called God is with us even when things don't look good. So I'd like us to personalize and say, God is with me. Gary, put your name there. God is with me, Timmy, even when things don't look good. Thank you, Gary. Before... We're going to look at Genesis chapter 37, so please open your Bibles because I'll be reading a couple of scriptures there. But before we do that, I want us to just reflect a little bit. Whilst Dan was speaking, he said, God's perspective becomes my perspective. That's a heavy language. Now, our young, sorry, I said young man, where he shared a testimony about his wife. He said, it was not the medical profession that decided the baby should come a week ahead. It was what? Jehovah God. Yeah. Now, that doesn't meet with our what? Our analysis and intelligence. It doesn't, it doesn't agree with it. It was Jehovah God, right? And then lastly, um, okay, Ashley said something. I think I've forgotten now. Now, the reason I'm saying this is for us to reflect on this is that even though we cannot figure it out with our intelligence, God is working things out for her good. Yeah. The song we sing, Rainmaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. Then it goes, then it goes, even when we don't see it, he's walking, isn't it? Even when we cannot feel it, he's walk, he's walking. Even when I cannot see it, he's what? He's walking. Please, I want you to put those two words in our heart because those are some of the things that happen in the life of Joseph. Okay, Joseph chapter 37, we're there. We're going to read from, from verse 12 to verse 36. Now, before we do that, from verse 1 to verse 11 is a brief summary about Joseph. Joseph is a son of uh, Rachel. Rachel is the beloved wife of Jacob. Is, in other words, is the woman that Jacob wanted to marry. But, you know, all manner of things happen. Okay. And Joseph was the first son of that relationship. Okay. In verse 1 to verse 12, uh, I'll just do a summary. Joseph became hated for the dreams God gave him. Why? We'll know later. Who gave him the dream? Jehovah God. So what does that look like? It means like, Gary, people could hate you because you stand for righteousness. Yeah, Gary. <laughs> Gary's my friend, so I can do that. Right. So people can hate you because you stand for the truth. The brothers hated Daniel. They, they hated um, Joseph because 
It's only you God has given dream. Oh, how come? And they hated him. There was another reason they hated him. That was caused by his father. The Bible says that, oh, Jacob loved him more than the others and he gave him a cloak of many colors. Now, the lesson for us, you and I, there is that we should not love people to a fault. We should allow God's wisdom in loving people because when it becomes apparent, the emotions of, um, of, of the flesh comes in. Jealousy, this, this, this. And the father did that unknowingly among the brothers. So that's a summary of verses 1 to verse 11. So let's dive down. Verse 12, what happened? In verse 12, the Bible says, Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. So the father, by profession, is a shepherd. Okay? And Israel, Israel is the same person as Jacob. When he had an encounter, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, please go and see if it's well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back what to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. Right. The assignment here is the brothers have gone to Shechem to feed the father's flock. And the father now invited Joseph, said, go check the well-being of your brothers and the flock. Now, Shechem, the Bible mentioned Shechem there. Shechem is, has a history in the family of Jacob, both good and bad. In fact, more of bad than good. In the natural, um, okay, just a sidetrack. The family had a sister. We don't know here much about her. They had, uh, the, Jacob had a daughter, right? I don't know from which of the wives. And somehow, while well, they were in Shechem, some strange guy came around, blah, 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 and defiled the lady, all right? And so what happened? The brothers heard about it, and what? They went to war, and they did some horrible stuff. Please read it to find out. Genesis 36, right? So Shechem had some bad stuff, history in the family. But God sustained the family even when that happened, in spite of that, right? And then later on, God now said to him, look, Jacob, pack up, go down south. He now relocated to Hebron. Hebron is the southern part in Israel. Okay. So he now sent them to Shechem to go and feed flocks. They went there. But then when Jacob got there, sorry, not Jacob, Joseph, sorry. Let's go down. Verse 15. Right. Now a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here, for I heard them say, let us go to Dotan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dotan. Okay. Now, the first thing in verse 14, God is interested in our well-being. He's interested in the well-being of the flocks. He's also interested in our own well-being. The father sent Joseph to inquire about the flock and the, well, and, and the brothers. Joseph went on that assignment. But what he did, on his way... Probably in those days, we know there are no GPS, no sat-nav, no XYZ, no Google map, isn't it? <laughs> so on his way to Shechem, he got somewhere and then realized that where the brother is supposed to be, they're not there. Or he can't hear the sound. He can't see sign of flocks. Now, I don't want to paint a heavy picture, but these are, farm, these are shepherds, right? And they, 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 they know how to sh do the shepherding business, right? And so the places they go are not so friendly, humanly speaking. 
it's like in the bush to feed animals. It's not something that you and I will just jump up here, let's go. Right, so Joseph gave him there and not finding his brothers will raise question in his mind. Where are these guys? In those days, there were no mobile phone or text. Where are you? No way. So imagine you're Joseph and you can't find your brothers. A lot of questions run through your mind. Question, is God aware of what Joseph was going through? Yes, he was. Yes, was God with him? Yes, he's with him. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says in verse 15, says a certain man. The Bible didn't give us his name. Who is this certain man? We don't know. A certain man showed up and said, why are you wandering here? Well, I'm looking for my brothers. They are supposed to be feeding flock in Shechem. Oh, I heard they said they're going to Dotan. So Joseph now continues his journey and sought for them in Jordan and he found them there. Now, another interesting place, Dotan. Now, names in the Bible carry significance, right? A few years back, my wife and I, we had the privilege to travel to Israel. And we went to a place called Mount Camel. Remember Mount Camel? That was where Elijah called fire from heaven. Now, we were there, and we were just basking in the environment. Uh, when we went there, there were a lot of military presence there. I mean, so you just keep to the rules and regulations, X, Y, Z. <laughs> right. So, Dotan, what about Dotan? Well, Dotan is where ooh, Elisha resides. Elisha was the prophet that took after what? Elijah. And Dotan is also the city where what happened? Where he asked the Lord to open the eyes of the servant that he may see that the armies of God that surrounds them are far greater than the, um, uh, the, uh, the Armenian, the Syrian armies that surrounded them. Very early in the morning, a lot of soldiers came and surrounded them. They why? They want to capture Elisha alive. So the servants say, Master, alas, we are surrounded. He said, no, no, those are with us. There are many that are with them. So the Lord opened his eyes and saw. Why Dotan? Why? It's just to tell us that there's a prophetic significance about that. It's like a revelation of what will happen. God revealed to What's his name? Elisha. Now, when we come to those places, we can always say to God, Lord, you did X, Y, Z in this location. Lord, do likewise to me as well. Okay? We can do that. Because God keeps a record of these things that happen and invites us to experience them if we desire them. Amen? Just like um, our young man said, shared a testimony. Say, Lord, thank you. You delivered his son. Baby, Lord, thank you for you're going to deliver my as well in Jesus' name. For your God who should know no partiality. So God is with Jacob as a Joseph at this time. He went and an angel, well, I want to think he's an angel, helped him out. Now, how does this apply to you and I? I remember years ago, um, the Lord took me to Switzerland. It was my first time in that country. I went to Zurich. And... <laughs> One of the major events was that I was media and remembered the address of where I'm going, where I kept somewhere or not. I said, oh, Lord, I think I forgot in London. You can't tell the pilot to go back because of your address. Forget it. So I landed, and then somehow, somehow, I found it somewhere. I said, oh, Lord, thank you. Now, the next challenge is how do I get there? So I got out of the airport. Was the Lord with you? Yes, the Lord was with me. Why? Because God ordained I should go in the first place. I didn't want to go. Right? They offered me the job. And they said, they want you to start immediately. I said, no, I can't start immediately. They said, okay, tell us when you want to start. And I gave them two weeks. I said, Lord, I'll start in two weeks. They said, Timmy, we'll wait for you. That was when it clicked in my head that God is sending you there. Otherwise, they'll pick somebody else there. So I got there, 
eventually I got, uh, I met two young guys and said, look, this is where I'm going. Now, by default, they will not speak English to you in Swiss, right, because that's not their default language. But these guys, they spoke. I said, Lord, thank you. So told me where I'm going. Take this train. I lost instruction along the way. So I found myself somewhere. I don't know where to go. So at that point, I came to the end of my analysis and intelligence. I said, Lord, help me. So what happened? I looked around me, and where I was was not a pleasant place, morally speaking. Uh, it's red light. I didn't know. I'm first in town. <laughs> so I, I, I just didn't feel comfortable there. Somebody came to me. I was, I was just feeling uncomfortable. I was tired, hungry, <laughs> and not feeling good. So all of a sudden, a young lady approached me, and I approached her, and I said, look, I'm coming from London. I'm going this place. I don't know how to go. So the lady picked her phone, made a call. She spoke Swiss German. That was the first time I heard it. I didn't know what it sounds like. And I said, okay, young man, this is where you're going. It was just around the corner. I said, oh, thank you very much. At that point, I knew God was with me. At that point, I said, yes, go. Because God knows that, look, this young man doesn't know his way. Even the Google map or whatever, he doesn't know his way. So God sent that lady to me to say, look, that's where you're going. Now, you and I might be in some similar situation as well. Oh, no, Timmy, you don't know the troubles I'm going through at work. Yes, you are going through troubles at work. God sees and God knows. And God is ready to take you as well, just as he did with Joseph. Now, let's move on and see some other interesting things in the life of Joseph. Right. Let's go to verse... Uh, let's start from verse 18 now. Now, when they saw him afar, even before he, be, he came near, when, now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us kill him and cast him into some pits. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. Oh, oh. Oof. We see a parallel here. Eleven brothers are doing what? Conspiring to what? To ditch their brothers. Let's put it in a very clever and very clean way, isn't it? They're conspiring to what? To kill Joseph. Can we see a parallel here? Yes, we can. Jesus. Twelve disciples, isn't it? It wasn't all of them that conspired. It was what? Judas. What? Conspired with some, let's call them foreign enemies. Okay, foreign enemies, yeah. Right, let's call them foreign enemies. They, they have the proper name in the Bible, right? To do what? To betray Christ. So there's 11 guys now conspiring what? To kill him. But later on, this young man, I call him young man, Reuben. Reuben is the first son of, Joseph, of, of, of Jacob. But Reuben said, verse 21, but, but Reuben heard it and he delivered him out of their hand and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. Now, God gave the dreams to Joseph. He shared it out of youthful exuberance, X, Y, Z, fine. Now, I'll say this cautiously. Sometimes our spiritual immaturity, God takes the, God uh, kind of support us. Joseph undoing is that he was not spiritually matured and he lacks wisdom. He ought not to have shared those dreams with his brothers. Why? Because the brothers themselves, they didn't have the spiritual, shall I say, wisdom to know what God is about to do in their family. They can't see beyond their immediate circumstances. 
right? But because of Joseph's immaturity, God made the rough edges smoother for him, right? Because they intended to what? Kill him off. But Reuben, God now chose Reuben, the first son, the first son said, Reuben said, no, 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 let's not share what? Human blood. But rather, let's change the plot from mother plot to what? Misadventure, isn't it? Oh, he fell into a pit. Yeah, that's downgrading mother to what? Misadventure. That's a story we can easily sell, isn't it? Right, so they now decided, no, 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 let's not kill him. Mm. Let's put him in a pit. Because Reuben, in his heart of heart, was planning to rescue Joseph and return to his father. Wow. Was God with Joseph? Yeah. Yes, God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. Because Reuben was not part of the initial plan. Reuben just heard it. So only God knows where Reuben was. And God allowed him to hear their intention. Say, oh, no, no, we're not going to shed blood. So the plot now has been downgraded from murder to what? Misadventure. You know, misadventure is a story that when we hear, say, oh, no, oh, no, we tried. Isn't it? Okay, so what didn't happen? Verse 22. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they had stripped him, that they had stripped Joseph of his tunic. You know, they, they hated the tunic anyway. The tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Hmm. They cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. And there was no water in it. Now this reminds me of Jeremiah. When Jeremiah is a, is not a fake prophet, right? He's a prophet of God. Was sent by God to deliver messages which are of repentance. Israel, you've turned away from me. Come back. They didn't like it because it was not the message. Are not feeling, making them feel good. Now, uh, brothers and sisters, there are times God would speak to us, and those words would be heavy in the sense that. They will not suit our feeling in any shape or form. They will not even make us feel good. But you know God has spoken. You know he has spoken. Right. And why is he doing that? Why? Because every one of us, we have a journey with God. And God is expecting us to grow in that journey. He doesn't want us to stay in a place where we keep on getting milk and tea. My friend, um, Rita's husband would say, uh, biscuit prayer. (laughs) milk and tea, milk and tea every day. No, he wants us to grow and chew the deep stuff. Like I think you said, go deep, right? So this young man, Joseph, he's been thrown gradually into the script that God has written for him. That script in God's script, in in God's script for his life, at some point, he will relocate to Egypt. How's he going to get to Egypt? Because they're far off. God knows how. You and I don't. Isn't it? Right. And so, that script God has written concerning Joseph will come to pass. But in the journey, God may employ several people to make it happen, to do several events in his life that will propel God's script forward. And that's equally happening you and I. Is equally happening. Right. My going to Switzerland, I never thought about it one second. But God made it. It was when I got there and I realized God actually brought me here to teach me evangelism. And in the night, God will wake me up. Pray. Pray, Lord, I want to sleep. That's when I learned all the praying in the night. Pray. Why? We have an assignment tomorrow. Then I'll start praying. I'll start praying. I mean, I had a manner of spiritual encounters as well. But in the morning, when I wake up, I'm so fresh that I just go to work. And in the evening, 
God says, go for fellowship. When I get to fellowship, God says, this one, I'm hitting, this one, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm thinking, wow. Then the following day, pray, he wakes me up. Go on the street. Now, I'll just digress a little bit. There was a station we went to with a friend in Switzerland. They said, oh, Timmy, now you can't share tracks. I can't say. So I said, Lord, I'm told we can't share tracks. God said, go speak. So I said to the person, don't worry, I won't share tracks, but I'll speak. That person was like disarmed. Timmy, I said, well, I'm going to speak. So I approached the person at the station. I said, no law says that you cannot preach. He said, but Timmy, they... so I went ahead and preached. Why did I do that? God was with me. When God is with us, he will make it known. Because why? It won't defy our logic and intelligence. It will also make us realize that, look, God is bigger than our fears. God is bigger than our fears. Now, sometimes the journey we go through with God is not something we can figure out ourselves. It's something that sometimes it doesn't make sense. Joseph is still in Dalton here with his brothers, but his next step is to be relocated to where? Egypt. How that will happen, we don't know yet. Right. But let me digress a little bit. We have an example in the book of, um, uh, before I share the example, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Can you put that on the screen for us, please? Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says what? And we know, thank you. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Small, uh, it says all things, not some things. So all things you and I go through on a daily basis is gradually working out the scripts of God he has written concerning our lives. We may not know it, we may not even agree with it because some of them will be humanly painful. But we'll go through it anyway. Yes, God wants me to go and speak to that person, even though I don't like their face, still go anyway. Why? Because he has proposed you to do that. Because when you do that, it's meeting God's design for you and I. And so, we need to just turn our eyes, like we say this morning, right? Onto who? Jesus, son of living God. God, our maker, the Lord, I surrender my will. I put it down and I say, God, I take your own will for me. Your will is whatever you scripted and you want me to accomplish in Jesus' name. Right. So I was about to go to Acts, right? Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let's look at this example and we'll come back to Joseph. In Acts 16, we find a, a strange example here. It's about Paul and Silas. Acts 16 verse, is it 16 or 18? It's Acts 16 anyway. Uh, Paul and Silas in prison. What happened? Paul and Silas has just uh, conducted, shall I say, a deliverance service from a lady that had a spirit of divination, right? And that became a problem. Why? Because... The people that control the girl realized that phew, their revenue is gone. So they had to do something. So one shape or form, they got Paul and Silas into prison. Is that fair? No. no. What were, were they not doing God's job? Yes. So is it fair when you and I go through trouble as a result of we obeying God? But we too, we go through those challenges as well. Just as Paul and Silas. But this time around, they put them in prison. Now, interesting thing is, when we go through challenges, our question should not be why. Oh God, why? Oh God, why? No. Paul and Silas taught a very good example. Oh, if you can. What did they do? Their reaction was, Bible says, in the midnight, 11 p.m., things happen. <laughs> things happen in the midnight. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. In the midnight. Now, that's a message on its own that, look, it's good for us to rise up in the midnight and talk to God. This happened in the midnight. Paul and Silas did what? They prayed and sing and sang hymns. 
Now, they may not necessarily feel anything. It's good to feel, but sometimes, you know what? God will not allow you, you and I to feel anything. I'm thinking God is not working, but we sang that song. Even though we can't feel his word, he's working. Even though we can't see it, what? God is working. So sometimes God will not allow you to feel nothing. But it's what? He's working things that you and I can't see. So in the case of Paul and Silas, they probably didn't feel anything. They were singing and praising him. And the Bible says, and suddenly there was what? A earthquake. Now when I meditated on that verse, I said, God, what sort of earthquake is this? That was in collapse. What sort of earthquake is that? I mean, I, I pray I will never, I mean, uh, apologies for those who have experienced that. I pray I would never experience that. The closest I experienced was National Science Museum. I went there and there was a, uh, uh, what's it called? A demo of what earthquake looked like. That's the closest. But I said, God, what kind of earthquake is this? That walls are not collapsing. That is what I call divine earthquake. Only God can do it, and only God can what? Fix it. All right. So that was their response. They prayed and they sang him. Let's go back to Joseph. What was Joseph's response to all this happening? The Bible didn't tell us anything about Joseph's response. But let's see what we can find out. So let's go to verse um, 23 now. Verse 24. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bringing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we will kill our brothers and conceal his blood? Let's stop there. Now, uh, Joseph has been stripped, has been stripped and thrown into an empty, uh, empty pit. Okay? And then these people, they call them Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites are, remember the story of um, Abraham. Abraham is uh, Joseph's grandfather, isn't it? Right, and uh, he had uh, two sons. We know well, he had more than two sons, right? But we know Ishmael was the first offspring of Abraham, not from the uh, it's not Ishmael is not a promised one, Isaac is a promised one from his wife Sarah. So, descendants of Ishmael, Ishmael are called Ishmaelites. Now, sometimes, well, I would say sometimes they engage in a trade called. Uh, um, uh, we call it now human trafficking. Okay, all right. <laughs> that's what. We, that's a refined way of putting it. So these people were passing by, and they thought, "Wow, what profit will it be? Will it be to us if we put this young man Joseph in the pit? Let's what monetize it, isn't it? We need a couple of thousands, isn't it, Gary? Yeah, let's monetize it. Put it in the pit. <laughs> Put it in the pit. Does that bring anything? It doesn't improve our profile on Facebook, does it? Nah, no, 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 no. It doesn't increase our followership. No, it doesn't. Let's monetize it. So they came up with that idea. Oh, yeah, we'll monetize it. We'll sell our brothers to the Ishmaelites. Hmm. Right. So they went on with their plan. And then what happened in verse... Uh, yeah, they went on with their plan and they decided, oh, we're going to sell this guy to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Now we see a parallel with Jesus as well, isn't it? Judas betrayed him for how many? 30 pieces of silver. But here we're seeing silver, silver. That tells us something. Silver is a precious coin, isn't it? Maybe we should have some in our homes. <laughs> and they took Joseph to Egypt. That's it. Now the script has kicked in. And they took Joseph to Egypt. The dream Joseph had, they're supposed to be expressed or find fulfillment in where? Egypt. Not in Shechem or Dotham. So God had to find what? A way to get him to where? 
Egypt. And God now used the what? They call them the Ishmaelites or the Midianites to take Joseph to Egypt. Some similar things happen to you and I. God may say to you, again, Gary, get your mat, go to Aberdeen and raise the dead. Lord, I have a meeting with the CEO of the company. You have to decide whether you obey God at that point or just tell the CEO, I'll see you some other time. Right. So going to Aberdeen in the midnight is not comfortable. There are no trains. There are no flights. But that's what we know based on our analysis and what? Logic. But God has a way of getting to Aberdeen in the midnight. How do I know this? Well, he gave us an example in the life of a man called Philip. The Bible says, well, he baptized, after he finished baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch, and God took him and was found in town as it was preaching. So God may use that same airline as well. The airline has no ticket. They have no boarding pass, but they'll get you there. That's God's airline, isn't it? That's why in this journey with God, we have to bring down our analysis and logic. Because we only know part of the scripts he has shown us. We don't know the methods he's going to use to what? Execute the script. Gary, again, I have your house for you. you know, Gary is my friend, so I can use him. I have, I have a house for you in, uh, give me that place, Bulgaria. Yeah, Bulgaria. House is there, about two, three million pounds? Bulgaria? Central London. Yeah. Meanwhile, God knows that Gary earns, let's say, 40,000 a year. How do 40,000 compare with four million pounds house? Does the analysis click? It doesn't click. And God said to you, your home is there. And God now shows you a picture of what your home looks like and shows you. Now, if at that point you're still looking at your analysis, you are missing God gradually. You are missing God. You are missing God. Because God is expecting you to what? Believe. Don't think about it. Because I'm Jehovah God who makes things possible that is impossible with man. So God, got, so God eventually got Joseph to Egypt, and that began another script in his life. Right. Now, there are things in our lives as well that we sit down and ponder, God, my journey with you, where I am? Am I following your script? Lord, show me where I have turned the corner when you're seeing going ahead. Lord, I want to follow your script because I find fulfillment of your perspective, rather my perspective, as, as I'm, 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 I'm sorry, <laughs> Dan spoke to this morning. He said we should rem- take our perspective and let his perspective become our perspective. In other words, how does God see my journey with him? Am I still walking hand in hand? Am I still longing to see his script fulfilled? Or am I just doing my own thing, thinking God is with me? You know, brothers, it's very easy for us to do our own thing and thinking God has stamped it or is still with us. A very sad story the Bible shared with us is that of Samson, isn't it? The Bible says he rose up as, as he used to do before, thinking the spirit of God is still on him, not knowing the Holy Ghost, very gentle spirit. He has taken leave long time. He was disappointed. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. So this afternoon, you're wondering, God, are you with me in this circumstance? Yes, he's with you. Uh, Timmy, how about um, Daniel? Who's Daniel here? No one, okay. How about Daniel? Oh, we have a Daniel here. Oh, good. <laughs> I call him Dan, so he didn't register as Daniel. <laughs> well, you like this example. It's about Daniel in the Bible. 
Bible says what? He was cast into what? The den of lion. Now, even if you're the trainers of the lions, I don't think being there it's, uh, is a comfortable place. He was cast into the den of lion. For what? For standing for God. He was falsely accused of what he has not done. And they threw him there. Question, was God with him? Yes. God was with him. Was that part of God's script? Possibly that's part of God's script. God was with him. Therefore, that gives us a lot of courage that look, regardless of the circumstances we go through, let that be our language. God is with me. Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, no, no, that's not more than courage. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Ask myself, do I still love God as I used to? Now, we can answer that question and say, why? Because love is an active thing. If our action is not as hot as it used to be, if we've gone cold, Lord, help me refine me up. Right? Because, see, love is a demonstration. It, it, it demonstrates itself. And so if we're not doing that, that means our love has gone cold. Lord, help me today to keep loving you so that your purposes you've scripted for me, I will play them out in Jesus' name. Though it might not look okay, I mean, being thrown in a lion's den is not a comfortable place. But Bible tells us that God sent his angels well, to shut the mouths of the lion. In other words, lions tonight, no dinner. How do we know that? Well, the Bible says when the later on, the following day, the king came around and said, Oh, Daniel, as the Lord, you continue to deliver it from this place? Yes, he has. And the king now commanded they should throw the guys who falsely accused. Now, I agree with that. But did you know what happened later on? They said, the king said, the guys who accused Daniel, their wives and children. I said, oh my God, that is terrible. That means our action, inaction or whatever brought an un unintended consequences on people who know nothing about what you did in secret. That is devastating. May our disobedience not cause such things in Jesus' name. Bible says that what? That the lions mastered them before they landed. That means those lions were very, very hungry. They were very, very hungry. But thank God that as we walk with him, he continually guides us. We should keep on asking, Lord, I need your divine guidance. I want my life to play out just like in Joseph. Though I may not like your methods, God's methods sometimes, shall I put it this way? They're not comfortable. Jeremiah was in a pit, even though he was telling the truth. It's not comfortable. And Jeremiah also made some statement that when you hear, you say, what? Has this guy backslidden? No, he didn't. He was just speaking out of his soul that was grieved. Now, when we utter those statements, God knows. He knows. But you know what? Thank God for his mercy. Sometimes he overlooks them. There's one final thing I want to throw at us so that we also guard against this. In the life of Joseph, uh, his father uh, did some things which you and I are not going to do in Jesus' name, right? We know that Jacob had uh, deceived so many people, isn't it? Well, God doesn't overlook our sin. God punishes sin. How he does it sometimes, we don't know. But he always plays back. What happened? The 11 brothers came back and what? And deceived Jacob. Oh, is this the tunic of uh, whoever? Yeah, I can recognize Joseph. Well, maybe a wild beast devoured him. The man tore his clothes on Saturday morning. What did they do? They successfully what, deceived Jacob that Joseph has been, um, has been devoured by a wild beast. So... Is that not what he did many years ago? Yes. 
came back on him. The lesson for you and I is that we should not engage in deception in any shape or form. God sees. And the way it comes back, even with Jacob now, 11 people conspired. The way these things come back, they're terrible. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. So, Father, this morning I want to pray for my brothers and sisters. That, Lord, as we walk hand in hand with you, Lord, we are... We're trusting you, Lord. We're not going to look to the left or the right. We're going to hold family to you, Holy Spirit, so that we can walk the journey prepared for us before time began to fulfill your divine purposes in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, we know the experiences we go through. We bring glory to your name just as in the life of Daniel because the king came to believe that indeed the God Daniel served is the true God. Father, Lord, in Jesus, we desire this in our lives that as your script plays out, Father God, people will begin to see Jesus. Jesus that will serve in us and through us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, as a purpose from today, Lord, to keep going forward with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Timmy. I love that. I love that. You know, he's got me thinking. I'm just thinking like so many things in the Old Testament of, you know, Joseph was thrown in the pit, but God sanctified the pit. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. You know, how many times do you feel like you've been thrown into situations? You're like, God, why are you putting me here? And God's like, no, no, what's what I'm going to do? And I just want to encourage you all today to come away from this thinking, you know what? You may feel like you've been, you're heading towards the furnace, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But what God does in the furnace is extraordinary. Amen? Amen. Come on. Well, we're going to say goodbye to online. So love you all online, people. Thank you for joining us at church today. You're wonderful. We'll see you soon. See you later.